Hello and welcome back to another exciting rock and roll cameraman adventure with the rock and roll cameraman who adventures, Tony Wanamaker. Thank you, Pat. Love that. <laughs> awesome, man. I'm uh, your host, Pat Canavan. Today we're going to have tea with Robert Plant. A little bit of afternoon tea with Robert Plant. Picky fingers high, please. But first, we're going to go to the New Jersey boy himself. Yes. Okay. As always, you get to see, meet, be with rock stars, around rock stars. Um, what got you to Bruce Springsteen? Where the heck did you go? And whose dime were you on this time? Well, as I've mentioning in, in other episodes, I spent a lot of time working in Los Angeles because that's where musicians seem to convene, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm at a get-together, yeah, a, a groaning board of food, a smorgasbord, brunches on Simply Red. Simply Red, standing by. Simply Red? Yeah. So you're down there with, who, who are you down there with? Well, I'm, I'm down there, much music flew is down, I'm with the inimitable Michael Williams because nobody has a better lexicon of the blues knowledge than Michael Williams. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah. They love them. Musicians pick up on it. So, Pat, it was apropos that we were liaising with the blue soul light singer, Mick Hucknell, who is a guy from Simply Red. Remember that good-looking guy with the little red curls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He sang a lot of the covers, like the Teddy Pendergrass, the, the Melvin, the Blue Notes. He did a lot of those cover tunes. Mm -hmm. Really big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really big So at the we time. were down there when he was, he was recording the Stars album. Okay, so what was that, like 90, 91, uh, something like 91. that? 91, you're very accurate, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it was great confluence of rock and roll stars because we were all getting together, we got a call, Michael got a call rather, and said, come on, we got to go there for brunch. And lo and behold, we get there, there's a number of musicians, and I cite uh, a Mick because I was hanging at that part of the table with him. Sure. And, no, uh, but where? Where are oh, you? You're, you're, cool. you're not at Town & Country no, Buffet. No, and thank <laughs> no. you for that. Uh, we're staying at one of the keynote hotels in Los Angeles, and that is the Sunset Marquee. And just quickly, Pat, there's two other ones that are really famous. That's the Chateau Marmont, and oh, yes. uh, we're going to talk about that in an episode because that's where I'm going to talk to you about the killing of John Belushi, sadly. And additionally, we're going to talk about the Roosevelt Hotel because uh, that's where they held the uh, the first uh, Academy Awards. And folks, you're familiar with it. It's right on Hollywood. Across the street from it is where they have the Dolby Theater. Where that's where they host the Academy Awards. Yeah, that's where they do it now. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the Sunset yes. Marquee. What kind of buffet? <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the... What kind of buffet do they it's, have? It's the world is your oyster kind of an enclave, right? Uh, don't forget that they have the regular little, uh, if you will, uh, hotel. In the, and then in, in the center court, of course, is a pool. But in the back, there's 20 acres, right? It used to be called the Garden of Allah back in the silent movie days. 20 acres? It's that big? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. I got to Google Map this, this <laughs> yeah. thing because yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Uh, off Sunset Boulevard, they probably lost some of that property, but on it they have these cool Mediterranean-style cream-colored little cabins. And uh, take your pick because some of them have baby grand pianos, Pat. No yeah. Yeah. way. Which we'll find it a little bit after. But now we're at the front of the hotel. Yeah, yeah, you're having brunch. Yeah, and I'm sitting there, cool guy beside me. Happens to be the guitarist, Little Steven. And you might know him on his own band, uh, Little Steven and the Disciples of Soul. But yeah, he's yeah. the guitarist for the E Street Band. Bruce Springsteen, dude. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so he's down there yeah. with Simply Red? and. Um, and strange you say that. Because I'm going to, I'd like to take you just time travel a bit. 1987. Okay. okay. So I'm back. going. So I decide. Yeah. Awesome. I got one of these. I got one of these thingamajig fangled music 
recording things. This a Walkman. So I could actually pop in a cassette, right? Put it in here, tuck it in here. And I was on uh, Okanagan Valley, so I'm uh, skiing uh, uh, Silver Star Mountain, right? Uh, okay. It's great because I'm with the mics and uh, they can never ski and they've been inebriated so they can't get up. So I, I take advantage. <laughs> I go with ski patrol in the morning. I get my runs in. So I pot, bought this brand new tape cassette and I popped it in here and I went down the hill and it was absolutely a cathartic experience for me, brother. And I write about it uh, in the book. I really uh, uh, delve into it because it was a fantastic experience. And you know this as a musician. Yeah. You guys spend a lot of time, you guys and gals, uh, taking, you know, the human condition, distilling it to singularities that we understand. But you're poets and you do a great job of it. I've always appreciated that art form. I work really hard to be good at what I do as a photographer. I know what it takes to what you do. Because uh, if you think it's easy to play like, say, for example, Jimmy Page, uh, try it. <laughs> Super yeah. hard. So oh, yeah, and, and uh, thanks for that, because yeah, uh, really, to write a song, you, you need to be a poet and uh, somebody who, who knows how to, to, to get to the emotional part of a person so that you make that connecting, because that's it, yeah. that's the kind. So you had you had gone through uh, something. I was, uh, and, and you can appreciate it, I worked at Much Music. I was a young guy. I was making adolescent decisions. I was in the moment. Things were happening. It estranged my marriage. It was a bad time for us, right? I see. So when I heard that song, and, and the album was A Brilliant Disguise, A Tunnel of Love, I stand corrected, the song specifically was Brilliant Disguise, uh, I was moved. Uh, and it started because earlier that day, I was in my room before I went skiing, and I turned on much, of course. That's what I do, checking in with the station. And on came this black and white music video. And all it is, Pat, is a zoom in to Bruce Springsteen, holds, and then it comes back out. Poignant, profound, and it won it won the Grammy uh, for best uh, best editing. Phenomenal. <laughs> Paradoxically, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's that's no edit. A, there's no edit. But that's the genius. And sometimes yeah. it's not necessary. And that's again the stellar ability of a, of a musician to dis distill things. So and and so that song touched you. It moved me to tears, brother. It moved okay. me to tears. And it also put me on a path, I think, of recognizing some of those issues and, and, and working to, uh, to, uh, to recover from that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, a song. A song did that. And that was that song. Thank you, yeah. Bruce Springsteen. You know, and, and when I write songs, yeah. you know, part of it is you, you dream about how are you going to connect? And will somebody connect? With what I'm with uh, what I'm writing, and you never Absolutely. really know until somebody comes back to you and says something. Well, it could be someone like me skiing down a hill yeah. and going, "Wow!" So, <laughs> the great serendipity of my job is now we go forward, 1991, and I'm sitting at this groaning board with a lot of great musicians, right? Yeah. Great discussions going on. Mike is over there just drilling down on the blues discussion, right, with Mick, right? And I'm sitting beside the most charming individual I have had the pleasure of meeting. He Who's would that? definitely be my best friend. Who and that, that would be little Stevie, the most cordial, loving guy. And, uh, man, he is warm. I, I was instantly befriended by him. Yeah, loved that's, it. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and while I'm there, okay, 
I kept looking to my right at the pool area, and I saw two figures, a man, a woman, and I can make out, and a little baby, right? Okay. They were nursing, right? But what was interesting, and I'll give you a, a little preamble here, is earlier, Bruce Springsteen, remember I said I was resonating with themes he was writing about? Oh, absolutely. Well, he was writing, Tunnel Love was a cathartic album for him, Pat, because he was married to model Julianne Phillips, a lovely woman, but she was destroyed because... Uh, as things happen, real life, okay? He went on the road. He, he falls in love with one of the band members, Patty Scalfa, for all the right reasons, right? Uh, all the right reasons he was married to Julianne, but all the right reasons they, they, they estranged. And so, uh, sadly, she was destroyed when the Italian paparazzi posted a picture of the two of them in Europe on a balcony in their underwear. I remember that. It's absolutely devastating, right? Could you imagine? So, so lo and behold, fast forward, uh, they decide they're going to raise a family, have a family. Uh, Patty and uh, uh, and Bruce will get married, move to L.A. So I'm in L.A. now, right, at this juncture in their careers. At the studio marquee? They're, they're there as well? At the sunset marquee. That oh, I sorry, I'm sorry. The, at the sunset marquee, yeah. they're there as well? So Stevie says to me, hey, do you like Bruce? And I kind of caught it but didn't catch it, didn't pay attention to it. So I'm back engrossed in conversation. And then... This is the one and only time this has happened to me because I'm a fairly loquacious kind of guy. And so here I'm standing there, do my biz talking to Stevie, and suddenly this guy goes, hey, man, I'm Bruce. <laughs> Whoa. Frozen. Man, absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked. Bro. I can't say a word. I am humiliated. Not humiliated. Embarrassed beyond belief. And I think in my... I guess, perceived humility, all my friends had to kick in and start to cover for me because I stood there. And then Bruce, being the professional that he is, uh, just picked up on that, right? And then covered for me. And let me just recap. Yes. So Stevie. Yeah, little Stevie. I'm going to call him Stevie yeah. because yeah. now we're yeah. best buds. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Chomping on a piece of toast and says, <laughs> hey, yeah. you like yeah. Bruce? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next thing you know. You're he's sipping there. a coffee, yeah. and he's tapping on your shoulder? Amazing. So that, those two people, brother, were it was Bruce, Patty Scalfa, and their firstborn. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, no wonder yeah. you, you were star. You were starstruck. was not ready for it. Yeah. And, and my job, right, is to observe. I'm a cameraman. Yeah. And I missed it. <laughs> Done. White noise. Well, I guess it must happen to him all the time, right? I mean, he's revered. Yeah, and and being the professional, I guess they, he just knows how to recover and see somebody like me go into shock and then pulls it back for me, right? So thank you, Bruce. Lovely meeting you all. And little Stevie, man, great. He hosts a radio, another podcast himself over on yeah. show. Great historian of music. Yeah. Lots of fun. And what an effect yeah. on your life, like a, oh. a, a, an altering emotional effect yeah. that, that yeah, brought was, you back to who you were. And you'll appreciate this because you make this type of music. It was a song that healed me. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. That's really great to hear. Yeah, thanks, man. But that's not the only time. No, man. You were at No. You were having high tea with Robert Plant. Well, but not at the same time. No, no. And I end up going back <clears throat> going back to uh, to that hotel, right? Yeah. So so here is 91. I'm with uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen, but earlier, I'm familiar with this hotel. This is this is a keynote place in LA. So I was there earlier a year before. 
right, with Robert Plant. But what was cool, let me tell you this, and this is one of those things, my friends, you know, I'm your blue collar cameraman, man, I'm you there. And here I am, 13 years of age, brother, okay. right? And I saved up all my nickels, right? And I'm taking my date out, Vanita, right? And we're at the Pizza Nova. I got enough money, brother, to buy a slice and a pop and enough to get her. And I got a couple of quarters left over, Pat. Yeah, yeah. There's an old Seaberg jukebox, and I plug it in, and it's the first time, man, I heard Black Dog. No way. When you hear that high registered voice, that wailing, and those guitar riffs, because they're really easy to do, I was, I was a fan. Amazing. So it was really quite a year for me, right? Because now I, I'm a young guy in the 70s, right? I got money for, for pizza. I got a date. And I'm discovering Zeppelin and I'm discovering hashish. Absolute monumental. <laughs> you got pizza, pop, a girl, rock, and hashish. Are they, are they, hashish, are they not the tenets of rock and roll? Yeah, but because because uh, in fact Robert Plant actually represented that right. He yeah. they 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 epitomize sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There's no question. And as a matter of fact, if you ever get a chance, you want to read the rock and roll Bible, folks. Read the Hammer of the Gods. This is this is an amazing piece of work. The right? Zeppelin saga, yeah, right there. Is, it, yeah, it, it tells you plenty. So we're at the Sunset Marquee again. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, let's <laughs> go back to <laughs> and imagine imagine this. So one of the sexiest guys, right, in rock and roll. Great mane of blonde hair, always bare-chested, pants too tight that you could tell his sex, right? And out there, the Rock Adonis making it happen, right? Hey, hey, mama. <laughs> Thank you for that. A knock on the door. It's the Rock Adonis himself. And I, if, if I would have told my friends 33 years prior that, you know what? I like this song, and I'm going to have high tea, or rather afternoon tea. There's a distinction uh, with Robert Plant. Uh, nobody would have believed me. Or they would have passed me more of that cashish. Yeah. What kind of tea did you guys have? Like, what kind of tea does Robert Plant drink? Earl Grey. Earl Grey. Yeah. He's an Earl Grey yeah. guy. Yeah, and what was great, uh, <laughs> when we when we wrapped up this interview, right, and he was really great. By the way, look at this, man. He gave me this. This is what he's promoting. He was promoting this new album. You'll love this. Why is it like that? It's not an album. Because there's two CDs in it, folks, okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And in that, uh, he had a hit record came off this, but he's out here promoting this record, right? Uh, sounding like... He did in the days when he was performing with Jimmy Page. Right. He yeah. was getting back to that. Yeah. That sort of that. That high range. That high range rock yeah. and roll. So you were down there basically to do an interview with him. And you were probably on one of those junkets. So like well, he was, you were in and, and then the next guy goes in. That's and, exactly. Oh, thank you, Pat. And it is. It is a lot like this factory process and it's pretty routine. We're scheduled one o'clock. We come in, we do our bit. Somebody from XYZ is going to go in there and do and YYZ. Yeah. All the airports are there. It's great. <laughs> but anyhow, so uh, what I loved is that uh, there was a little bit of... And Plant came back. See, and the reason he canceled the entire afternoon of the rest of the junket. What? Yeah, because yeah. he said, hey, do you guys mind? Do you want to stay for afternoon tea? And I said, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So it's you and, and Mike Williams? Yeah, so I had I had afternoon tea and a slice of pizza. No, I'm kidding. But it was awesome. Yeah. Afternoon so, tea. Yeah, he, he, he was so intrigued with the blues and wanted to continue that discussion. Because he right. loves and, the blues. And Mike was well, uh, a walking encyclopedia. 100%, Pat. 100%. And so you think back to the first album, the seminal album, right? Led Zeppelin. In that, there's a song called You Shook Me that was written in 1969. The lyrics were written by Willie Dixon. 
Now, five years earlier, Plant loved hearing this story, and I've told you this one. I was working in Jamaica, and I was, I was having lunch with Willie Dixon and Dizzy Gillespie. So he was blown away and wanted to hear that story. Oh, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. So doubt. it's cool now. So now I get stories I'm sharing with a rock star, but he wants to hear <laughs> share a rock story with him. I love the reciprocity. It's pretty cool. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's phenomenal. Yeah. So you guys got to hang out for uh, the afternoon. They blew out his schedule? Just to talk. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. It was such an, a great afternoon. And he was still uh, sporting the long curly locks. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, a flowery vest. And it was really, there was, you'll see this in the, in the clip because there's some pictures we have. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't want to upset the A&R people, the people representing Robert Plant there, the record company executives, okay? They thought it was apropos to grab something you know, a bouquet of whatever flowers, and you'll see them in the shot. And they just sort of jammed them there, the elephant in the room. I don't know if it's Robert Plant's idea. You can see where I'm going here. Okay. I don't know if it's the record executive, but it's kind of garish, man. It's kind of hard to work with. So I back to a little bit of cinematic process. So I tried to use Selective Focus and, and blend it in the background. So it's just impressionistic colors with a little bit of his vest, see if that resonates. Kind of works the best I can. But at the very least, the flowers match the hair. <laughs> Something like that. Well, you know, it's yeah. it's terrific yeah. that you're you're able to go in with that cinematic eye, distill what is going to look good and what what's not going to look good. Flowers like that. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. more funeral like. Well, it, it blew my mind because the dichotomy is extreme. Here's a beautiful bouquet of flowers, sure, which represents serenity, solace, and then, and then I'm interviewing a Viking. Yeah. Pretty wild. Coming out with a rock album. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Yeah. My first song is, yeah. look at these pansies. <laughs> look at them rock. Yeah. Well, um, wonderful again. Yeah, man. Ter just a terrific uh, roller coaster ride of rock and roll uh, royalty. Yeah. And I think I think our uh, our readers are going to enjoy that, that particular essay because I really delve into it and you can empathize uh, what it's like to, and think of any one of your favorite songs at an impressionable part in your lives, whether you're an adolescent or a young, a young person or now, um, and how that would affect you. And then finally get a chance to break bread with the person who uh, is responsible for that. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. That's it really, yeah. you know, I, I can't uh, imagine being able to sit down with these people and um, have this quality time with them. And I love that about you. Here you have that story background. You're a seasoned musician and you're still getting excited because you know in our field, our profession, that some of these people, they are the ones that we follow. They are the leaders and you can appreciate their skill set. So to hear your interest, your genuine interest in this questioning is fantastic. And thank you for that, man. Yeah, well... It, it's it's terrific because when you take Zeppelin, yeah, man, when you hear a riff like da -da 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 you just know, yeah, like it's yeah. it's all. Even if you don't know who it is, yeah, you know that sound. I got some quick trivia for our fans before we go. Yeah, let's do it. So, why the song was called Black Dog? Why? <laughs> because. Rock and roll, right? They're in a studio playing, and guess who managed to stroll through the studio? A <laughs> black, black dog. Boom. <laughs> That's how it's done. A lot of thought. Like Maybelline. Remember Maybelline? What are we going to call it? Oh, Maybelline. Maybelline. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to call that the end of this episode of Rock and Roll Cameraman. 
Yeah, so Robert Plant, Bruce Springsteen, a whole host of others. We want to say thanks for tuning in. If you can, please like and subscribe. Go to our website and sign up uh, as VIP members. We'll send you out the medley of the 80s novelette by our man Tony Warner. Thank you, Pat. And we'll also be uh, giving away prizes and other great things, and we'll keep you up to date. So like, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Thank you to our fans on Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, Samsung, and Google. I think we've got them all. Thanks nice for tuning in, <clears throat> and we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>